0: Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Apple Guide Talks podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Shepard, joined by my co-host, Eli Piper. Welcome to the podcast. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Join us this week as we discuss Apple's new M1 processor and their three brand new Macs, the MacBook Air, 13-inch MacBook Pro, and the Mac Mini. Um, And we also have some other big news that came out today that Google is no longer um, giving unlimited storage to users. So if you are someone who's been backing up their whole photo library to Google Photos or um, use Google Docs or something like that, this will be uh, big news for you. So let's get right into these new Macs, into these brand new M1 processors. What yeah. Eli Eli what's what's your go-to thought on these so far of what you've seen so far? Cuz remember, we don't have these are not in anybody's hands yet. They started selling on Thursday right after or Tuesday right after the event and they no will start they ship shipping Friday. by next week. So we really have no idea. But but what is what's your idea even though we have no idea? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. I think, um, I think it's exciting. I think hopefully Apple's learned from companies like Microsoft who tried to do ARM-based processors in the past and failed at it. Well, I, th- I think I their problem was they, they know didn't what they're doing invest
0: that... enough resources into it.
1: So, yeah, I think they saw it as a side Apple, project. Has, Apple has a knack for taking things that other companies have tried and failed at and doing it better. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of those times where we're going to see Apple, I'm sure they, they've they looked at Microsoft and what Microsoft did, and I think we'll see Apple take that and do better. And
0: based on, you know, the the numberless graphs that App sh- Apple showed. <laughs> that, that, that was their- a bunch of marketing mumbo jumbo. These graphs, comparisons of two times faster, six times faster. It was two lines. Faster meant nothing there was absolutely it nothing was two
1: lines to. on a black slide one was higher than the other there were no numbers there <laughs> Yeah, you know, that could have been two percent it could have been a hundred percent it could have been three hundred
0: percent faster we we are completely no one going knows. into this new processor blindly
1: we're blind the one thing is for certain apps built for the arm processor will run amazingly mm-hmm. The question is apps not built for the ARM processors. And Apple has what they call Rosetta 2, which is going to take apps not built for ARM and translate them over to ARM. And they're claiming that they'll run better on Rosetta than they claim. would... Yeah, that's a huge claim than it <laughs> would on, on an Intel-based Mac. And, you know, I, I just don't know about that. I, I really don't know. And I think you're going to see the performance gains well, in okay, so, apps built for so once once companies start building apps for arm i think it's going to be great
0: and and but i think as another a, issue too yeah is there's nothing really in the market that's a direct comparison because every exactly. other desktop computer except for raspberry pi either runs off of it until or AMD in desktops. There's nothing to compare it to in desktops.
1: Nothing. In the Apple's PC the first. world, you
0: can compare it to your iPad Pro. But I mean, who buy a Mac one of these new MacBooks because it's faster than the iPad Air? Then it's like, okay, where where does the product mm-hmm. line stand? So I think it's a it, it's a matter of coming up with new metrics to compare these computers to because I don't think they can really directly compare to anything else desktop computing market.
1: No, and Apple definitely has... They're putting a lot on the line here. Currently, the only laptop they sell that is not ARM-based is the 16-inch MacBook Pro. Well... All the MacBook Airs they're selling right now are ARM-based. I think the 13-inch, they might be still selling it. Yes, so the, one.
0: so the 13-inch MacBook Pro and the Mac Mini, you still have the option for Intel processors. But so, in
1: terms of the MacBook Air, which I think is one of their most selling MacBooks... Mm-hmm. You're completely ARM. There's nothing else. But I think, I think that's the one where it'll do the best because you know the things that people are going to be concerned about when switching over to ARM are going to be who are buying the pro laptops is going to be is Adobe going to work is you know all my pro apps going to work am I going to be able to do the things that I still do because a lot of people that buy the pro laptops are professionals and they use a lot of professional grade apps Mm -hmm. people buying the The MacBook Airs, I feel like they're not going to have that much of an issue because power and speed isn't that important to them as long as things go smoothly. So if Microsoft Word isn't updated for ARM, I don't think you're going to notice it. Mm -hmm. I think Rosetta will do just fine. It's not a very intensive program to begin with. Yes. So I feel like they're fine going all in on the MacBook Air. You're not going to find many issues there in terms of just based on the people that buy the MacBook Air. The issue, I think, is when you start converting all of the MacBook Pros over to ARM processors. I think that's where you're going to find a few snags, and you're going to have to really make sure developers are on board. And Apple is saying that in the next two years, they'll get every laptop. I'm not sure about desktop, but I know every laptop they're saying in the next two years will be an ARM processor.
0: Okay, so let's back up a little bit and talk about the M1 in general. The M1 is designed... Like what you find in the iPhone or iPad with the the A-Series chip, where Mm -hmm. everything your computer needs to think about from the graphics of whatever you're pulling up on the screen to performing calculations, all that's handled by one chip. All the thinking that's done by your desktop now, just like on your mobile iPhone and iPad, is all gonna be done through this one M1 chip, which yep. introduces its um, speed. Uh, the Because everything is that used to be spread out on a logic board is all now uh, closely knit together, so it can theoretically send information back and forth quicker. Yep. Um, so that being said, This brand new M1 processor is the same processor in the whole MacBook Air lineup, the Apple Silicon versions of the 13 inch MacBook Pro, and the Mac mini with the M1 processor. So through Mm -hmm. each of these computers, it's the same exact processor. Um, yeah. So so th- that's, that's what makes it, I think, a little more unclear is you're in the market for a MacBook. Should you go with the MacBook Air with the M1 or should you go with the 13 inch with the M1? Because the only difference between the two is on the Pro, you get the touch bar compared to on the Air. You still get the function keys, which I think for most people, they like, couldn't care less. And with the MacBook Pro, you get a fan to cool down the processor, while I on think, the air is passively cooled. So will that fan think, in the MacBook Pro and even the fan in the Mac Mini, will that yield higher results than the air, which will be cooled passively with just natural air flying yeah. over it?
1: I think it will. I think I think we'll have to wait definitely for the Geekbench scores to come out, but um. I would guess that that fan makes a huge difference in being able to raise the clock speed of the processor.
0: Which is another metric that we were not given. The only details really about this uh, chip that we were told is that it's an eight core CPU with four performance cores to handle high intensive applications and four efficiency cores to run background Um, services and lower powered stuff to conserve your battery life Mm -hmm. which is especially helpful in cases like the MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air
1: so it's I think the main point here is that we need to wait we have to wait a little bit until these computers come out and we get our hands on them in order to see what the real speeds are going to be I think the MacBook Air will definitely be slower than the MacBook Pro I think the MacBook Air will be faster than the previous MacBook Air. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, although Apple's always had thermal issues with their computers. Even the ones with fans but, have but, had thermal throttling issues. Can, most famously, the MacBook Pro. I wonder if they're going to have issues with that when people really start pushing these computers to their limits. It'll be interesting.
0: I don't think so.
1: It It'll be interesting to see... What thermal issues they arise, maybe they don't thermal throttle, but you know how hot is the computer going to get? Are you going to be able to put it on your lap, or are you going to burn yourself if you do that? Current computers right now get really hot, granted they have different chips in them than these ones are going to have. So I think that's going to be interesting to see and, what and happens with I the think, MacBook Air.
0: I think that's been one of Intel's shortfalls, because... That's one thing Apple's really wanted to do is make cooler processors. Ones that don't, as soon as you go to, I don't know, open Safari, your fans have to turn on because your CPU has gone into 100%. Yep. And it's 100 degrees. Um, I, I think that that's one of the big reasons that they wanted to switch so they can make something that was more energy efficient. So AMD's Ryzen runs at 49 watts and Intel mm-hmm. runs at about 21 or higher watts compared to compared to Apple's is only operating at 5 watts. So it's, it's definitely not taking in as much power but still giving you higher performance. You put one and two together will decrease the heat output. The jury's still out on that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: The jury's still out on that one, on what that really means. So so in, in terms of performance, we can of course speculate and we could say, hey, Apple claimed it's this much faster than the top PC in the market. But at the end of the day, what is the top PC at the market? What What is the top selling PC in the market? I mean, that they, they were very open-ended um, comparisons and I don't think until we get them on hand, we'll really know. But so diving into these computers, all three of these M1 Macs will be upgradable to up to 16 gigs of memory, um, in which the Mac Mini, the memory cannot be updated, so you can't change the memory yourself. Interesting. It is built into the M1 processor, unlike before. Um, now on the MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air, you haven't been able to upgrade that and I don't know, four years maybe four or more years so that's nothing new there but with the mac mini it is but what the nice thing about this is is instead of having a different memory for the processor and different memory for the graphics those Mm -hmm. 16 gigs is my understanding that those 16 gigs of memory can be shared between the processor and the graphics and everything else that that m1 has to deal with Mm -hmm. So, well, I I think the fact that the memory will be integrated, I think that will be super helpful in performance. And then, of course, you can upgrade them to two terabytes of storage. Um, They're allegedly faster SSDs than before, so definitely past the age of a spinning hard disk drive. Um, Mm -hmm. But each of them do only start at 128 gigs, So, you will most definitely want to upgrade that to at least 512 if this is going to be a daily PC. Now, of course, you will have to pay $200 for that memory upgrade and another $200 for that 512 gig SSD at least. Mm -hmm. Now, the memory upgrade, 8 gigs of memory, I think is going to be fine.
1: I think so too. For the, for the average person, I think that'll be fine. I think people are going to be doing more intensive things. If you're going to load a hundred tabs in Chrome. Exactly. I think you're going to want to use the, uh, you're going to want more memory, but Safari is really good now. Yeah. Safari is not what it used to be. It's, it's way better. And, you know, I think you be better off using safari on the arm based computers because who knows if google chrome will ever get updated to work on arm i would hope they Uh, would i
0: would think it would
1: i would hope it would work to natively work on arm but safari in the meantime i think is going to be your
0: best bet in order to get the maximum performance it's and and that's going to be the ultimate testament to the optimization apple now has the power with with this virtual. Mm vertical integration throughout the whole Mac OS system, just like it does across the rest of its product line. Yeah. It's going, they're gonna bring that same idea over.
1: What's really cool, I think it was the last thing, and then we'll move on to Google, is that now you can open the computers and they instantly boot up.
0: That is really instantly. cool. That is really neat um, to be able to do that. Once again, that's Apple's brilliant vertical integration because that also brings in now um, the efficiency and battery for your mobile devices. The MacBook Pro, the 13-inch MacBook Pro is now allegedly rated for 20 hours with the MacBook Air coming in at 18 hours. Now, don't really expect those times, but um, it's definitely a jump from what it was before with those Intel Macs. Other than just plopping in this new processor, none of these computers have changed at all. They're the same shape, same design, exactly the same. I think the keyboard on the MacBook Air, some of those function key shortcuts changed around, I think, no big deal really, most people won't recognize it. Um, The ports have been updated to, I guess, quote unquote, updated to support USB 4, um, which I think I have a post coming out on that soon, so stay tuned for that. The wireless cards are upgraded to Wi-Fi 6, but, you know, same 720p camera. They claim that the M1 processor has image upgrade stuff to process your webcam to make it look better than it actually is or whatever.
1: Yeah, which is interesting because they still have a 720p
0: webcam, so... Well, I mean, think think of how far... why? You
1: wonder why with the cameras you know, how good the cameras on the iPhone and the iPad, especially the front facing cameras, why they haven't upgraded the front facing cameras on their laptops yet.
0: Well, but another thing too, is think about the uh, computational photography stuff that the iPad no, the and the iPhones have managed to do with their Apple processors, with dedicated parts of the chip just to mm-hmm. optimizing photo and video. So I, I think that that will also be a test. And then lastly, sure. the 13-inch MacBook Pro comes with a 60-watt USB-C power adapter, so it's faster yep. than the MacBook Air, which is still shipping with a 30-watt USB-C power adapter. Yep. So, one thing to note, all of these new M1 processors also only have two USB-C ports.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, if you need more than that, there's not an option for you yet. Now, Apple. if you want a four-port MacBook Pro 13-inch or Mac Mini, you can still buy the Intel option. However, it's not recommended. (laughs) Definitely would not recommend it. (laughs) I I think the M1 processor will definitely outpace the current Intel processors in both of those machines. Mm -hmm. So I would say wait and see what apple replaces us with um
1: and i would agree with that i would
0: wait and see because some something tells me that there's another desktop processor coming around the corner that's going to go to the higher end 13 inch macbook pro and higher Mm -hmm. end mac mini yeah uh that because that'd be because those machines especially with the macbook pro having a fan and the mac mini having a bigger fan they definitely yeah. have room and processors so oh, i can yeah, for sure. definitely see that upgrade but i do not recommend getting an intel mac right now do not make that mistake by accident um because i don't think they really make that clear well i guess no, other than the I, color i don't
1: I don't know if I would Mac recommend Mini. getting an ARM-based Mac right now anyways. I think I would hold off on Macs in general just to kind of see, where the di- see what direction they're taking and see how things pan out.
0: I would wait till at least 2021 to start considering yeah. their current lineup because by then we'll get an idea of the M1 performance and app compatibility. How yeah. well is this advertised Universal 2 and Rosetta 2 working to emulate mm-hmm. and bring compatibility for both Apple's new systems and their older systems? Definitely. Uh, so that would be the ultimate test. So I think so, for sure. I would If you're looking to buy a new computer, wait a couple weeks, see what happens with this. Um Cause you definitely don't want to make a mistake and buy one too soon and realize you really missed out on something big and special. Yeah, um, no, for sure. One more thing too, before we move on is I just scrolled past this. Um, <laughs> you can with these Apple Silicon Macs, if the desktop app you're looking for isn't working on, I'm, I'm not completely sure how this works. Like, mm-hmm. but you also have, the full range of iOS and iPadOS apps now available oh, nice. to to the new Apple mm-hmm. Silicon-based Macs. Nice. So, if what you're used to using isn't working, maybe on the App Store there is another iOS version of it. So that 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 will also be a test: is how well will these iPadOS and iOS apps port? to the desktop
1: definitely that'll be something that uh a lot of this stuff remains to be seen Mm -hmm. but i think uh we'll get our answers on it soon stay tuned next week definitely moving on though um google has made some interesting changes with
0: i would argue some of their most used services I wouldn't call them interesting changes. I think they were very expected at some point in time.
1: They were, but nonetheless, I'm not too happy about them. And I think a lot of people won't be happy about them either.
0: So if you don't know, Google has been giving away, essentially has been giving away free storage on their servers. For years, you've been able to upload unlimited photos to Google Photos so you can back up your whole photo library, basically. All of it. There was no cap on that. And if you were a Google Docs user, like Google Docs, Google Sheets, Google Slides, and other Google Docs applications like that, those services did not count towards your free 15 gig data allowance given to you by Google. Now, that's all going to change.
1: Yeah, so now photos are going to count towards the 15-gig allowance Mm -hmm. along with Google Docs and Google Sheets
0: and Google PowerPoints. So you have to share the 15 gigs with all of your Google services now. There's no longer, oh, some services are unlimited and some aren't. It's now across the board, any Google service you use where you're saving data on Google servers... Will count towards that 15 gig data allowance. And you can, exactly. of course, buy more storage naturally. There is a caveat though. So you have until June 1st, 2021 to upload your whole photos library to Google Photos. So after June 1st, so anything uploaded
1: before June 1st, 2021 to Google Photos will not count towards the 15 gigs. After that, so everything uploaded after June 1st,
0: will count towards the 15 gigs. So if you already have photos uploaded, you don't have to worry about Google deleting them or having to try to find somewhere else to put them. Those photos, for now, are safe. It's whenever you want to upload any more photos, you'll have to look into buying more storage, which will get pretty expensive.
1: I think Google, uh, Google storage is pretty reasonably priced. So it's $2 a month for 100 gigs. 100 gigs I think is a good amount of storage now let's see because Google Photos is what I use for my photos it'll be interesting to see how that plays into effect but right now 100 gigs is enough for me i had used up my drive storage I store a lot of videos in Drive um, especially if I'm working on any film projects and That was quickly blew through my initial storage, and I was like, all right, I can create another Google account for free, or I could pay two bucks a month. I don't have to worry about that and just get 100 gigs. And right now, I haven't reached my limit. And when I do reach my limit, I'll probably pay for 500 gigs. But I think for some people, that might not be an option. So for some people, you're just going to have to upload your stuff by uh, June 1st or try to look somewhere else apple's great if you're using
0: an iphone but with apple you get less free storage out of the box you only get five also it's more
1: expensive for uh for more storage i think it's the same price i think it's a little more expensive i forget how much because i also buy app i buy iCloud storage too
0: this i think this is a long time coming because i think google realized that they only have so many servers Exactly, And they can't just hand them all out for free. And they really don't have an issue signing up new customers. I mean, they're Google. People are going to pay for Google services. Exactly. As more and more people were using it,
1: Mm -hmm. um, I think they kind of saw the writing on the wall and realized, all right, this isn't sustainable. And people were figuring out how to do things. There was a way where you could change the binary of a file to make it save as a Google... A Google Docs, so you could save space that way. Mm-hmm. And people were doing things, uploading images into Google Docs files. So you'd have a giant Google Docs file filled with a whole bunch of images or videos or whatever. And I don't think those would count towards your storage because it's technically a Google Docs file. So you had people upload, not to mention some people's photo libraries were hundreds of gigabytes. Oh, for sure.
0: But but I think this is also a good time to look back and be like, how many of these pictures do I actually need to hold on to?
1: <laughs> so Google Photos will sort images for you. They'll use their algorithms and they'll sort images based on which ones you might want. So they'll put blurry photos and screenshots into a category so you can look through just all your blurry photos and screenshots. Chances are you don't need any of those.
0: Yeah. And then just go by and delete those. So that's a really cool feature. But
1: that's pretty much it, I think, on Google. This was a long time coming. You have until June 1st, 2021, in order to either find a new service or upload as many pictures as you can before they start counting it towards your 15 gigabyte limit. Uh,
0: Google's just really cracking down on their storage. Because Mm -hmm. in addition to all of that, of losing your unlimited photo storage and Google Docs storage. They're also introducing new policies towards accounts that are inactive or over the storage limit. So I'm reading this from 9to5Google. If you're inactive in one or more of these services for two years or 24 months, Google may delete the content in the products in which you're inactive. Similarly, If you're over your storage limit for two years, Google may delete your content across Gmail, Drive, and Photos.
1: Yeah, so I think that doesn't surprise me. A lot of um, places, a lot of websites where you create accounts have policies where after a certain amount of years, a certain amount of time, your uh, data is purged, and that's certainly no surprise there. Mm -hmm. i'm sure there's a lot of gmail accounts people have created that they don't use that get deleted i'm sure you know people create something because for whatever whether it's a project they're working on or whatever they just create a google account and they use it once and never use it again you forget the password and then it's Uh, lost
0: to history
1: (laughs) exactly my guess is if you haven't logged in in the last two years
0: chances are you're not going to log in ever again
1: I don't think that's a big issue for people there.
0: No, no. Oh, and they have a inactive account manager tool. I'm reading this from Google account help. Inactive account manager is a way for users to share parts of their account data or notify someone if they've been inactive for a certain period of time. So if you know you're going to be away from your Google account for a while, you may want to enable this just so you can get a notification that things are going to start getting deleted
1: yeah i think that's definitely a good thing for people to uh enable but again i think if you haven't accessed your google account in two years you're probably not going to miss it if you even remember it exists (laughs) yeah yeah i know i've created accounts i know i have accounts that are more than two years old i don't even remember the username or password to them yeah
0: i know they exist they'll get purged oh well (laughs) Moral of the story, no matter which online cloud storage option you choose, you're going to have to Mm -hmm. start paying for storage to host your files unless you think you can stick within the free data limit allotted to you, which, I mean, if you're an Apple user, five gigs is most likely not enough to do anything. And sign into your account every once in a while. Yeah, exactly. So you don't get your data deleted. Exactly.
1: If you're really concerned about it, there's ways that you can get into accounts if you call google um if you're having a lot of issue but i think that's it on google news and i think that's it on topics for tonight unless yeah. you
0: have anything else ralph nope no that was all that was then there was a busy day busy week yeah. you know busy we just week got week done with tech October, and now we're getting into november and the roller coaster just hasn't stopped
1: tech november i don't know if there's a name for tech november it's just been a techie year it really has been three apple events in
0: three months consoles yep hardware refreshes across the board
1: oh yeah so, it's it's been crazy for
0: tech it's it's been a good, good year for us <laughs>
1: it has been and i think it goes i think that uh 2021 will be even better <laughs>
0: 2021 will be the year we figure out if all this stuff worked <laughs> exactly. I think th- I think there's some truth to that. That will be the 2021 will be the ultimate test to the technology that's being released now at the end of the year, for sure. Everyone I testing so. their Christmas gifts. <laughs> that's what twenty one twenty twenty is going to be about. Anyways, that's our show for today. Uh, stick to AppleGuideWeb.com for more content like this. Um, I will shortly, as soon as those Macs start shipping, I will be compiling a playlist of YouTubers, different YouTubers, reviews of those Macs. So if you're interested in one of those, be on the lookout for that. Um, and you can follow at AppleGuideWeb on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram for the latest updates. And you'll also get an update there whenever that post comes out. And lastly, subscribe to Apple Guide web on YouTube and subscribe to our podcast Apple Guide Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Is there anything else I need to give a I shout think that's out? It. Oh, and we are also on Patreon. If you want to check us out there, patreon.com/apple Guide web. And I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week. See you next week.